0: I am also as well too recording.: Sweet. you syn sync it? sync clap.: One, two, three. Mm. This audio has been synced.: That was a Get lovely, synced.
1: lovely count and a lovely clap. Well done.
0: Thank you. Kind words from a lovely man.
1: Oh man, this is already starting well.
0: They know it's a good time, <laughs> Gergich. You really, you gotta.
1: Meow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really, Meow. you gotta, you gotta pull it together, buddy. He's also saying,
1: "I'm here too.
0: Compliment me." Yeah, we know that you're here. We can never forget <laughs> that. Come here. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah, I'll get it going. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Here we go.
0: Should I stand like this the whole time?
1: Please. The MPR voice. I talk this close to the mic? That's even better.
0: Here's some audio <laughs> SMRI. What is it? ASMR. ASMR. Is that you- is- SMRI. <laughs> That's a completely different thing. <laughs> don't Google that one. MRI. <laughs> this is a magnetic reson- resonance imaging. <laughs> I don't know what the S stands for. RL. sound magnetic right yeah <laughs> just let yourself go just enjoy the dulcet tones of the evergamer podcast
1: oh man it tickles my brain <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right good here we go
1: Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. My name is Nick.
0: And I am Ben, aka Sketch 256 on Twitch. Yeah, you awkward are. Awkward silence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I usually jump right in with like, yeah, and you I do. noticed I I've know. done that like, like <laughs> three or four times, so I, I wanted to uh, not do that and see what happened, and uh, now we know.
0: And it was awkward. Nothing Thank happens. You. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we discussed this before the podcast.
1: <laughs> we we did not. I was a planning experiment on Ben, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it went as theorized.
0: Gergich, seriously, you got to pull it together.
1: Buddy. Yeah, you're gonna have to shut that cat up or something. You know, it's ruining yes. the podcast.
0: Listeners, if you hear a cat, that's my cat <laughs> Gergich, um, and he is a very needy boy. He'll he'll let you know.
1: Yeah, so today it's, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about a couple
0: of different things. Um, a lot of different things. It's kind of a variety variety cast. Yeah, so this
1: is more of a, a shotgun podcast. So meaning, uh, we literally talked about it earlier today that hey, we should probably record something. Um,
0: meaning that this podcast had to get made because one of us is pregnant, and it's me. You, so it was oh, is it you the commitment had to be made. Oh. Shotgun podcast. Shotgun
1: podcast. Get it. Yes. So, yes. So who's the, the dad derivation. in this? Derivation. Are the, are the listeners the dad in this whole thing?
0: I think between the two of us, you'd be the dad. i <laughs> the dad. <laughs> I think I'm more domestic than you are.
1: This whole thing's falling apart. <laughs> I, realize, I realize that's an
0: outdated thing to say. I'm just saying uh, if you had to go with it. Yeah, I guess that would be the one with the shotgun. Uh,
1: yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, Warcraft 3. That's also true. Three. Um, I didn't even mention this earlier, but I kind of want to talk about some of these game delays that's been happening.
0: Um, oh, yeah, game delays would be good to talk about. A lot of them have happened this year.
1: Yeah, uh, we kind of want to catch up a little bit on the streaming services, um, video game streaming services. And why Stadia is scared, clickbait title. Oh, man, that's pretty much it. That's the whole thing about that. And then... Um, I've been uh I've been uh getting into D and D a little bit, Dungeons and Dragons, and then
0: nerd alert.
1: And then we're also gonna hopefully get into Spider Man, which is this uh another game that we we're playing together, uh separately but together. I gotta figure out a mm-hmm. a different way to say that so it doesn't seem like we're in the same room playing the same game. S-
0: separate but equal. <laughs>
1: separate but equal. Is that what that means? Oh, is that what that means? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's what that means.
0: Isn't <laughs> The Office? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Separate but equal. I've had so many... I mean, we're re-watching we The Office right now because I've been listening to The Office Ladies podcast. Yeah, me too. And um, so many things remind me of Office quotes right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like ridiculous stuff that doesn't even fit in regular conversations. But i got to share it. I'm on my probably like
1: 40th watch through of The Office
0: I've watched Parks and Rec more than I've watched The Office, but I, mm. I still deeply love The Office.
1: Uh, I'm going back and forth between these two, those two now. So it'll take me yeah. like two or three weeks to go through the whole thing. Because I'll watch it when I'm when I'm working at the office. I'll watch it when I'm home. It's it's like background noise now. Um, oh yeah, but I cycle. through I can't watch so Scott's much.
0: Tots though. Like I I cannot do it. Scott's Tots is too. Too. <sighs> Cringy, Actually, yeah, there's it's so cringy, yeah,
1: that's that's how you know it was and it's really, really
0: well written, to, yeah, and it's good to know that I like that's a universal experience because, like, yeah, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey were talking about cringe worthy episodes and like in season one and they're like oh scott's tots yeah <laughs> they, br- they brought that one up because it is so it's so awkward oh i can't i can't even do it yeah i can't watch it
1: either and that's everybody like people we talk about uh, talk about the office too they even say it's the same same thing they skip over that it's too one hard mm-hmm. it's it's
0: too hard yeah that yeah. one's rough yeah anyway, so uh catch me up what you been uh, what you been playing
1: um spider-man of course um played a little yeah. bit of destiny and it was fun to get back in it because we played some uh crucible and i didn't do terribly so nice yeah so i got i caught the bug a little bit um i meant to jump back on like two or three times this past week but i just been exhausted so um sure hadn't hadn't done it um and then um more recently, you know, I've been I've been trying to prepare a Dungeons and Dragons game. I've never played before. Uh, yes, but I don't know about if, this. do Do you want to get into it now, or do you
0: want to? Yeah, why go not? To... Go ahead, and tell me about it, and I can talk about some of the games I've been playing. And uh, yeah, yeah, we can go from there.
1: So you know, I, I I didn't have anybody that played Dungeons and Dragons growing up. I didn't have any friends that did. I didn't know anybody that did. I knew of it, and I knew what it was, but. Yeah. you know i, I could never play it because you need somebody to play it with and um even if if i did learn i would need someone else to be able to play with and uh, but it <laughs> appeals to me you know being an rpg and being highly cooperative type of rpg yeah. um sorry i just
0: had a mental image of you like sitting around <laughs> a table as a kid and with like Figurines sitting at the table And you're like telling them all what to do I roll a dice And I, I look yeah. up to
1: tell What the number is and no one's sitting there
0: <laughs> Your attack was successful
1: Slow pan away and
0: <laughs> I cast make a friend
1: Roll dice Failure that's, a, that's actually a spell called a friend In D&D <laughs> Uh, oh man. Yeah. Uh but I mean I've I've always wanted to play. I know that it's pretty involved. Um there's just a lot to to know about it because essentially you have to know everything about it because you are the game engine essentially. It's it's an engine right. itself, but it needs some way to run, and that's the dungeon master. And so
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, so you're planning on being the dungeon
1: master for this. Yeah. Uh so I got a starter kit probably a year ago. Um, you know, it has everything you need to do, with, to, um, do an adventure with, you know, four or five people. Um, yeah. it comes with the basic rule book and then also the adventure book. That's like 50 pages or something like that. And it, you know, it has like five different chapters and each chapter can probably run like four hours average. Um, okay. but they can go longer. They can go shorter just depending. So there's, there's a lot of potential in this one little starter kit. that was like 20 bucks. And, um, I've read through a lot of it, but again, you know, I didn't really have anybody to That's play cool. with. Um, I know, I know, mentioned to you. You said you're interested in playing. Um, yeah, I've been yeah. wanting, wanting to get. I want to get like a, a decent party of maybe three or four people. Um, but me being the DM, I would DM the game. But being being the DM, I don't have any experience there, so I wanted to um, run a session. Um, and for my birthday uh last month we were actually at um books million and they had an essentials kit which is a little bit bigger of a kit It was still 20 bucks i think it was but it came with another adventure Mm -hmm. that was bigger um and it it was made it's actually made to be played with two to five people i think it was two to six players so it can be dm and one one player because it comes with um like cards that um you know, so you'll have spell cards, you have all these different cards that help you with stat effects. There are also sidekick cards. So you can have a player that's controlling a sidekick as well. So kind of like huh. there's two people there. So um and then uh, you know, it comes with a DM screen. It just comes with a bunch of stuff. And so I had this idea to um actually it was Ashley, my wife. She was she said, um, I'll I'll play with you if if you want to because she loves she yeah. loves story she's very much story person she, oh yeah she has I could a, see her enjoying that yeah she's got a, a masters in, in creative writing she loves Tolkien right. and C S Lewis and she's very dragons yeah and she's got like creature books that she uses for for writing referencing for writing yeah. you know and stuff like that so she's yeah, for sure she's like I'll play with you you know it sounds fun and she's watched me um, watch like uh, Critical Role and. And tabletop yeah. and different um, gaming kind of um, shows on on YouTube and and you know listen to podcasts and stuff like that. So she she's heard a little bit about it and she's kind of watched and, and that sort of thing. So she was like, I, I definitely want to sure. play. It sounds fun. And so um, I started. I decided I was gonna write a pretty basic adventure for mm-hmm. for one maybe two people. Uh, this one I'm writing specifically for her. So it'll be her and a sidekick. Um, and, oh, cool. and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the world of the starter kit adventure and I'm going to base it in that. So it's got the the world already. It's got the NPCs. It's got the enemies in the back of the 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 guide for that adventure. So I can reference those enemies, and they'll be scaled for you know a, a first player or first level kind of player and a sidekick. So yeah. it kind of had everything there, but I can kind of write it specifically for her and one person. And so I I came up with um with like one that's one big main quest and then it has two smaller side quests and um it's really fun because like right off the bat it, it took nothing at all for me to to open up my brain and say I can literally do anything cuz mm-hmm. you know I I look up rules and I look up all these different things but then people are like you know this is reference stuff you can change it to what you need it to be you know there are rules right. that you want to try to follow to make sure that things aren't game breaking but anything story wise or anything character wise or how the world is built or whatever you make it up you can make that there's call there's a
0: lot of freedom and flexibility there
1: yeah and so if if you know she decides to do something that i don't really know about i can change it or i can make it up or i can fit it to this world that i'm kind of creating so it's really, really fun. I'm actually having a lot of fun working on it. Um, there's a website called D and D beyond, which is a, a good, like digital resource. Cause it's got pretty much everything D and D on it, resource books, player handbooks, yeah. stuff like that. And you can buy other source books and stuff like that. But they also have like a character creation on it. They have a campaign creator and a counter creator where you can pull in enemies and it brings in all their stats and stuff. So it's, mm. it's really cool. And then, I just have a text document that I'm just kind of like almost like like word vomiting on so when I'll come up with ideas <laughs> for it I just like right. throw it in here so it's already three pages long um, nice. so I've got like an overview in the top and then I've got like it referencing different things later down in the document and then I can mm. fill in the details there so that way like when I'm running the 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 adventure, I can like go to the overview and then kind of run through things. And if I need to reference it, I can go to the page that has more of the details on it. Um, cool. So it's really fun. I've got the the main quest and two side quests um, designed already. Um, I just need to kind of fill in some of the smaller details, like story wise how it'll go. But I, I already know like yeah. sp- um, general details on what I want to happen. You know how I want things to. Um, not necessarily flow, but I guess unravel. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the hard part. I can't decide where she goes or what she does, but I can decide right. how the world responds to her um, sure. and reveals information to her. And you know, and if I want to, I can make changes on the fly. So it's really, um, really kind of fun to to be able to do that and design because I'm designing certain things to happen that are very specific to her and that i know that will be um some of it will be challenging to her um emotionally Mm. some of it will be um i know some of it's going to make her really happy uh which is really cool to be able to (laughs) design an adventure or experience for her and so and we yeah that is cool yeah and we started building her a character which is really cool like i had an idea Of what she was going to choose. Um, But it was really funny. So I had this idea that she was going to be a ranger. Um, So you have a race and you have a class and then you have backgrounds and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So I thought she was going to be like a half-elf or an elf ranger, which is more of like an archer, physical attacks, that sort of thing. A little bit of magic, but not much. But she ended up designing a halfling druid, which is like a... (laughs) Like a you know right. a, a race of people that are average like three feet tall, and she's a yeah. nature magic user, which I did okay. not see that coming at all. And it, it's like pretty heavy spell casting, which I was not prepared for. Like you know, and so right. like the last couple of di- days, I've been like researching spell casting in D anD D, how spells work, you know, how um, DC saves are, or like you know, saving rolls for spells and you know elemental effects and stuff like that and it's been really really cool um but it was just really fun to design this backstory for this character so when we started we're probably like three hours into it designing her character um Mm -hmm. but when we first started she had no idea who the character was at all whatsoever And so I just asked very basic general questions and then we went through like the races and then she picked a race and then she started getting a picture and idea of like (laughs) of the character and how the character was personally, like personality wise, um, demeanor. And then she picked a, a class and she started coming up with this backstory of why her character was this class, like why she got pushed into this direction and then came up with this yeah. whole backstory of of <clears throat> she was an adopted like halfling who was raised by human parents and so she never f- felt like she belonged um but what what is kind of driving her um to be an adventurer or to leave home was to find her culture and her people uh, but that mm-hmm. also like um that also kind of lent itself to um how she is her personality wise so she's kind of shy and reserved which means she spent more time on her family farm with the animals and felt more comfortable with animals than she did with people or hanging around people and speaking to people and so right. um so she got pushed more towards nature and more towards um animal stuff and like that sort of thing so it it just it was really cool as she was designing the character she was like she was thinking about all this backstory, and and it was just really, really cool. cool, really, really cool. And yeah. so, it's a process I'm really yeah. interested to do with you because you're, I I feel like your brain works completely different than me or Ashton's. Um, and sorry,
0: <laughs> my cats are going kind of crazy right now. so <laughs> you're good.
1: Sorry, listeners, if you're a little bump. Um, I'd be interested to see like what kind of character you come up with, like um. Gosh, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know if I have the creativity for this. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I, I see, you know, there are some people you can kind of tell what kind of character they are. Um, Trey absolutely feels like a magic kind of user, um, you know, that sort of thing. Will, I, don't know, I
0: feel like Trey might adopt the Oblivion and Skyrim the, characters, the Archer, archer all yeah the way or a Rogue.
1: But I, I, I have no. no idea what kind of person, what kind of character you would be, um, and so. That, that might be fun, fun to do at some point. Me
0: neither. Yeah. Um, that would be fun. Yeah, I, I think I would like to do that. Buddy, you can go a different way. You can go a different way. Oh, gosh, sorry. Uh, you gave me? Um, my cat keeps on trying to, like, cross over in front of the monitor, and that puts him square in between the microphone and the monitor, which means he rubs against the microphone. <laughs> so, mm. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would yeah. definitely be interested in a D&D uh, campaign at some point in time. Yeah, well, I think it'd be fun to try it out.
1: Yeah, we'll have to um, maybe start by creating a character and just see see where it goes from there. Because it'll take sure. it'll take a couple hours to create your character if if you're starting from scratch and don't have any any idea where to go.
0: It's like the only thing I know for sure is that we should make a character from Manpony that's a centaur. <laughs>
1: Holy crap, that would be awesome!
0: <laughs> I mean, he's already you that know is him. You know what? I've never. It's like a centaur unicorn. Like he should have a unicorn horn on his human <laughs> head. <laughs> but the but the lower half of a horse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then 100% man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that's awesome. Right. Um yeah, that would be fun. I know people do like streamed games or like um video chat yeah. games. Um it's, yeah. it's a little more difficult, yeah, yeah. but it could be fun, you know, getting a getting a party together and playing D&D. Um Yeah.
0: But yeah, uh For sure.
1: that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been able to Not commit to because I haven't, I don't think i played any video games probably in the last five or six days, maybe seven days. And so, um, this has been something I can pull up for 15 20 minutes and start writing on a little bit and then put away because it's literally like a Google Doc. And then, uh, you know, that's cool. So, yeah, what you've been doing, you've been playing, I know you've been playing some uh, some Destiny on PC, yep, right.
0: Well, uh, yes, PC and Xbox. So I'd have gotten back into Destiny 2. I took a little break, I guess, like over the Christmas break and uh, a little bit of January, and um, I just kind of picked it up. And this season has been a lot more enjoyable than I expected it to be.
1: Yeah, um, I remember you telling I feel me like that.
0: the storytelling has actually been pretty cool. Um, there's a character in uh, Destiny lore called Saint Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you heard about him in Destiny 1 because he, there's an exotic helmet called the Helm of Saint-14. And he's kind of this legendary titan character, which in Destiny is like a, a class you can play as a titan or a hunter or a warlock. Yeah. And I main a titan. And so um, I kind of learned about Saint-14. He's just like this legendary titan of history that um, uh, he, he died on Mercury um, fighting against um, a, a, a race of robots called the Vex. Mm. And you you learn and early on in Destiny two uh, or in Destiny two year one there is an expansion called the Curse of Osiris that actually if you went through these different missions you actually got to go to the grave site of Saint fourteen yeah which is a really cool story um, you had to oh my gosh it was like it was probably the only good thing about that entire um, expansion unfortunately besides the raid layer um, that was like a really great storytelling element it actually felt like it meant something and it was a it was a like like scenery wise it was really pretty and you kind of learn that um, the, the Vex are very I mean they're, they're a robot race so they're very logical that kind of thing but they actually it, you get the feeling that they actually respected him mm-hmm. um, because of how many of them he destroyed and how difficult it was to stop him Yeah. Um, and basically this latest season that came out uh, created a situation where you could time travel and save him um and so keep him from dying Mm -hmm. um which is pretty cool so like if you go to the tower right now saint 14 is in the tower because you saved him (laughs) um i didn't and so that's a say what i didn't
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) your character did uh
0: and in the lore um so that's been it's been pretty cool i've actually really enjoyed that and the missions where you go save saint 14 uh, are actually pretty good like i was i I was you know doing one mission and the the destiny games try to make you feel like you're amazing a lot, and if 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 it's not earned, it just feels kind of empty, and you're like, yeah, whatever. Um, that mission, I was like, I'm amazing, <laughs> right? Because you're like fighting off just waves and waves of enemies, and it's actually pretty cool, um, right? Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, they had this giant community puzzle thing, which I would try to explain. <laughs> I, I, I like I can I, I will try to explain it, but it, it was like. Basically, in order to go back in time, you had to go to this. You had to like use this device called the um, um, uh, the sundial. Yeah. And then you got to travel through the corridors of time. And when you went to go save Saint Fourteen, there was only one path you could go on in the corridors. Um, but if you're going through them, there are like every time you went into a different room in the corridors of time, there were like five symbols with a door but all but one of the all but one of them was closed off so you had to follow a specific path to do the story mission and then after you save same 14 like a week later or something like that uh, basically you got this mission that said explore the corridors of time and if you go in there all five paths are open right and there are like these different symbols that appear to different places in the game and some really really smart and dedicated streamers and like reddit users and things like that figured out all of the symbols and paths you had to go on. And once you, like, went the right place, you ended up in this thing called the time-lost vault. And you would, like, click a button to expect, inspect something, and more symbols would show up underneath the vault. And you could, like, piece those together. Like, in, like you once you did, like, 19 of those like each one of those gave you a lore piece and it would give you a a, 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 a like a, a grouping of symbols like a puzzle piece. And if yeah. you put all 19 of those together and you traced it through where there are openings in the puzzle pieces, <laughs> if you followed that symbol, then you got an emblem. Um, but then it was like, it wasn't over. Like the quest was still there. Yeah. And they basically found out that once you did the emblem, if you look down at the puzzle piece, it's different for every player. God. And so... Like roughly like 5,000 different pieces of data had to come together. And it was like several days of people like putting this stuff together and doing spreadsheets and all this crazy stuff. It was nuts. Um, But they figured out the puzzle and um, there was some drama about what the actual reward was from that. It's kind of always the issue with Destiny is they have all these really great experiences, but the rewards are not always up to snuff. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole different story, but it was just, it was cool. Like the puzzle was cool and the lore was cool and getting the emblem was cool and getting the, you know, there was an exotic weapon you got for completing the whole thing and the quest line with that. And it was cool, you know, yeah. like I really enjoyed that. Um, and I've just had a different view about PVP. I'm just going in and having fun. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's like if I lose to, you know, bullcrap stuff, it's like, well, that's destiny. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. A lot of that.
1: It was fun. when We played PVP and I was, I was playing with you, but yeah. I was all on the stream
0: and I, I kept paying to pick your load
1: out. <laughs> that was so right, funny. Right.
0: <laughs> So, for those who don't know, if you get, if you go into the Twitch channel, there's like in like channel currency. If you just watch, then you get these things called um, uh, I, I call them, I, I had them called Stanley Nichols, but I changed them to Shroot bucks just because I <laughs> like that a little bit better. So you can you can pay a certain amount of Shroot bucks. It's not real money, but if you turn it in, then you can i basically make it where you can select my loadout yeah the weapons i'm using and the sh- the subclass i'm using and all that kind of stuff and so it's hilarious Nick gave me some kind of some kind of weird subclass and um weapon loadouts to play with but it was really fun it was like a yeah. good challenge every game because i had to play a totally different way yeah every right game and <laughs> I really like that. It made me like flex my brain a lot, which is cool. Um well, I
1: think it it loosens it up for you cuz like you um you don't you you think to yourself, well this isn't going to go well, so you don't have any expectations about it. So it's like, oh, let me yeah. just let me just see what happens. And uh Yeah, yeah. And it, it ended, was up, fun. ended up being really really fun. Um
0: Yeah i don't know because you did play... i actually had some pretty good plays <laughs> yeah the
1: first one was like shotgun shotgun
0: something like grenade launcher or whatever it was a shotgun sniper yeah all um, right yeah like you have to do a shotgun and sniper so that means i had one bullet in each gun every time i spawned so i had awesome. I had to do something or i was gonna be you know ammo less make it count um, so it was pretty funny yeah. yeah um so that was really enjoyable yeah um Uh, I also did play about half of Spider-Man. It's Mm -hmm. been a couple weeks since I picked it up. Yeah. um, Like since I played it last, but I played through about half the game. Um, It says like 48 or 50%. And that includes like open world stuff and the story. Yeah. Um, And we'll, and we'll talk more about that later, but I did play a good bit of that. I'm enjoying it. Um, And I really, I don't, I don't have time for this, but I really want to get back into slay the spire.
1: Yeah. I hear you. Um,
0: They released a fourth character and I would really like to see how the fourth character plays. So they have these new cards and things like that. That would be really fun. And that game is just so good it should be um, it I should be ported it for a while but it was great
1: it needs to be ported to mobile somehow that would be a great game to be a mobile it would game. be a great
0: mobile game yeah yeah i was gonna say it's on xbox so i guess you could play it on x Cloud. oh but...
1: that's true i haven't tried that yet um but yeah i mean it yeah. would be great if you're like if you're sitting between glasses for like 15 minutes you could pull it out and play a couple of rounds it would be or... perfect
0: it would be perfect for that kind of thing yeah yeah that would be excellent
1: because it, it's not super processor heavy with with the combat system or the animations or anything like that no so.
0: no I, I wouldn't think it was either it's it's so good, it's such a fun game, yeah, um, but yeah, speaking of uh cloud stuff let's let's get into some news updates.
1: Yes, so we'll start with we'll um, start with that then
0: yeah, so, so so you know a few podcasts ago we talked about stadia and cloud streaming mm-hmm. um, we we were pretty open with our criticisms of stadia not because not necessarily because of the technology but because of the business model that goes along with it, yeah. Um, which is that you have to? You're essentially paying about $130 plus the cost of games for a beta test. Yeah, um, and, th- and that's always been our biggest issue with it. I would love if Google succeeded in this. Certainly, it seems like they have the technology and the money and the infrastructure. You know, in some ways to make this mm-hmm. really successful. But again, one of the biggest issues. It you know, one of the biggest issues is that. Speaking of infrastructure, a lot of people don't have the internet infrastructure at home that they would need to make the best use of this. Yeah, right. You have to buy the games in the ecosystem. Like, you, you can't... If you, if I, I own Destiny on Xbox, but I have to buy a new copy on Stadia or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, I would have to buy, rebuy the games in that ecosystem. And then a big issue is... I can't ever play those games offline. I can't ever play those games unless it's through the cloud streaming service. Yeah. And those are some really big issues, not to mention, for me, a prohibitive cost to try this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so Enter in... uh, NVIDIA just came out with a... just announced a new service. Well, I say they just announced it, but it's been in beta testing for years, and it's called NVIDIA GeForce Now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's... I think if you want, you can play for free for an hour a day. And basically, it it, it, kind, of, it kind of fixes some stuff that Stadia's got wrong. Um, it allows you to access your own accounts through various um, platforms like Steam or Uplay or things like that. You can log in with your own account and then stream the games that you have with your saves. Right. Um, through NVIDIA GeForce Now, and if, it doesn't cost anything. But you only, I think, you're limited to like an hour a day of streaming sure. the game uh, because you're using like their servers and stuff to do that. But if you pay, I think it's like five bucks a month, you get six hours a day <laughs> after that, and. At first, I was like, a time limit seems kind of weird. But at the same time, like, it makes if you're going to play, like, yeah. yeah. Like, if you're, if I'm going to sit down and play for six hours, I'm probably going to play on a console or my PC, right. not on my cell phone in my bedroom. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I probably would only stream, like, an hour, you know, yeah. if I wanted to do that. So it, it, it kind of makes a good sense. And it's $5 yeah. to access all, like, most of the games that you already have um of course you have to have an nvidia like graphics card but you know if you're pretty serious about this stuff you might already have that yeah um well i mean but then it it, it,
1: the pricing structure actually makes a lot more sense if especially since we have something compared to like google stadia like stadia it's hard to swallow that pill and and you know take that seriously because it there's the value is not there the value is definitely not there, no. mm-hmm. especially with them forcing you to buy their controller and buy the the founder's pack to, to even get into it to start right. with. Um, so to right. have something like NVIDIA where it's like if you have it already, um, you can just pay this to do an or you could do an hour free. I mean, that's something that you don't get with Google Stadia, right? No. Um, and then six hours a day is a ton of time. I I don't even play that much um no so that's like I, I
0: don't play that much without streaming yeah that's like that's like 40
1: <laughs> 42 hours a week which is
0: reasonable for five five dollars a month is it that's very yeah, reasonable yeah, five dollars a month so yeah. uh yeah so it, so it does bring up the issue of like you would have to have uh an nvidia graphics card and a program to be able to do this it's sure. not, i i think um but at the same time and i, and I know that there are exceptions to this rule it seems like the best version of a game streaming service is auxiliary. It's not your primary gaming. Mm-hmm. It is auxiliary to your primary gaming. Because then you have the issue with Stadia where if I if I buy Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia, I can only play it through streaming. But if I buy it through Steam, then I can stream it with NVIDIA GeForce now if mm-hmm. I wanted to. But I could also play it on my local hardware if I don't want to deal with input lag or any of that kind of stuff. So to me, it makes the most sense that game streaming would be an auxiliary service. And that's part of what would make, bring me to like the other service that really been talked about a lot, which is XCloud, cloud. And, um, and we've talked about that some in previous episodes, but essentially it's the streaming service that Xbox is, um, in beta testing right now. Again, a free beta test. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> one that you have to pay $130 to get into. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know, Nick, you've been doing this, so I really want to get your experience with xCloud. What's it been like?
1: Uh, well, first of all, um, it looks like GeForce Now is available to anybody.
0: You don't need it. You don't have to have a, like a NVIDIA gar- graphics card or anything?
1: It doesn't look like it because it says on your instantly transforms nearly any laptop, desktop, Mac, Shield TV, or Android mobile device into PC gaming rig. So I, you know, hmm. I think it would be a mistake if they just made it specifically for their hardware. You know, you know well, that that can't work. And I guess
0: work. the reason why I assume that.
1: Um, Go ahead. I, I was going to say that that can't really work as Google's shown. Like you can only play on their Google phones, right? That's a big caveat. Um,
0: right, and I think. I think what it is is I'm I'm trying to think of what technology they're using to stream it, and I know that they've been developing for years, like graphics cards sure. that have like streaming tech capabilities. So I guess I assume that, but maybe I, it's not necessary. I
1: think that could just be they have the technology that they've applied to the streaming side of their cards, and they've just uh, broke it out right. into its own app, um, which that's essentially, I think, how how it could work. It's essentially, it's just. It's just pulling a feed, um, kind of like a capture card does. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I, I didn't so, think
0: that through. That does make sense because you're streaming their – it's it's their hardware. Yeah, I mean you're streaming the game it's, to you. It's, sim- so that makes, it, that makes it's
1: similar sure. that, like, you don't need any brand-specific monitor, you know, to plug into a graphics card. Um, so in the same right. way, they can just pull a feed, I guess, quote-unquote, or whatever, and uh, stream that. And so as long as your hardware is – good enough you know you won't have that lag issues if if their services is, is properly set up so um and you know it's it's nvidia they've been doing video stuff forever graphic stuff forever so right right i think that's they're point. they're Thank more you for clarifying that yeah yeah i mean i just looked it up real quick because i hadn't heard about that before but um i mean it makes more sense for them to get into this sort of thing than google because um google oh, yeah google has been doing streaming but more passive streaming not in anything that's interactive so um uh oh, right. but as far as Cloud, um I, I'm still pretty set on, on my opinion about it. I'm really, really excited for where it's going. Uh, for me, xCloud itself has not been a viable way to play uh, just because the okay. lag is so bad. And I've tried it. All right. I've tried it in the car, traveling. I've tried it in the city. I've tried it um, you know, in the country, suburban areas. Yeah. I've tried it in my yeah. house where I get nearly 200 down and 50 up. And right. so um, I have a really great internet. I've tried it on cell phone service, um, which I'll get usually somewhere between 60 down and, and 80 down and then like 10, 15 yeah. up. So I've tried it on a multiple different types of, of um, uh, ISPs and uh, different areas and everything, you know, with wired headphones, with Bluetooth headphones. Uh, so really XCloud to me still isn't there, but they're close. Yeah. I feel like they're really, really close. As far as a console right. streaming side, it's I I feel like it's there. Like it's viable. I've I've played a few times where I've been out of town and I've been playing on my Verizon Cell signal. And okay. I'm streaming I'm streaming it like normal, and it, I'm not getting that crazy amount of lag. Um, it, so tease those actually two apart for me
0: because you said that you've like you've tried XCloud mm-hmm. and then console streaming. So yeah, I th- I thought that those are basically the same thing. So it's there are two up.
1: separate things. So XCloud is you're playing from their servers. Um, and so it's the same app, but when you start the app, it'll, you can, um, like hit the left side and it has X cloud and then it has console streaming. So X cloud, you're playing from their servers. You're playing the games directly from their servers. And then console streaming is you're playing your, your games and your Xbox, like you were controlling it. So it literally runs your Xbox. So if I'm doing, um, console streaming but it's like
0: streaming the feed from your xbox exactly. to your phone yeah and okay
1: so i'll sit there and i'll play um you know if i'm in the other room and you turn on the tv where my xbox is connected you'll see everything happening um that i'm controlling Crazy. everything's moving and, yeah. and changing yeah yeah some features are limited because this is a, a, a beta version still um and you can right. do all the gaming stuff um but uh as far as like, um, you know, watching videos or going to the store or anything like that, you, you don't see any of that kind of stuff. That stuff, that doesn't happen through the app. But the actual games, you can search your games library that's on your console, and you can play any of the games that are on your console. Um, so it's two separate things. You're okay, streaming. Your you. console is, is the actual server, and you're playing directly from it. And then right. um, xCloud is you're playing from their servers, and the games are on their servers being processed by their servers. Now I'm not really sure why the console streaming side has been more stable than their servers. I'm guessing maybe mm. it could be the the travel. Maybe there's just a lot more it has to go through, a lot more different way stations. Yeah, I would assume it's like
0: just lower latency between you and your console and mm-hmm. you and like their their server bank. But yeah, yeah, there's
1: a lot less bottlenecks. There's a lot less um, things going on. Um, so I'm 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 not really sure why, but I think console streaming. I think they're here. They can launch it. I feel like they can launch there, yeah. it. With my experience, I feel like they can launch it now, and, and
0: it, it's That's viable. Cool. Um, see, and, so, and honestly, for me, like, I mean, I could see myself wanting to play, like, on the bus or whatever, yeah. but I don't ride my bus a whole... I don't ride the bus a whole Yeah, lot. right. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, I could absolutely see myself in bed, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and wanting to, you know, because Destiny like for for instance destiny has like a lot of bounties and things like that you kind of want to grind through yeah. and it's still fun to do that cuz the game is fun but it's also like it's not always convenient to sit down yeah absolutely at the console and boot everything up but if i could if i could you know in bed right before going to bed take 15 20 minutes and like knock out a few bounties yeah. or something like that that could be a really cool that could be a really cool convenient thing to do and oh so yes yeah, for that sure that's really appealing instead
1: of having to lug yeah. around your your console or you know let's say you go to your in-laws again for 2 weeks and Instead of how you having to take your console there, you can just take a controller, and then you could play directly from a, a from a a laptop or play directly from um, you know your phone or an iPad or something like that, um, hmm. and just be
0: able to pick it up. How and play would that it. work for console streaming though? Like if I was, it's, may I... it's just an app. It's just an app
1: that runs on whatever device, um, and I guess it just, so it creates a connection from the app to your um to your console so your console hasn't i guess i would feel like
0: Uh, i guess i would feel like i was still like if i went if i was in missouri mm -hmm. like but i wanted to stream from my xbox at home yeah i feel like i would run into the same latency issues i don't know I, i mean
1: i think the big issue with um cloud service gaming um, would be um, yeah, you're using their servers, but how many other people are using their servers as well? So that could be a big bottleneck what if they have five hundred thousand people that's trying to string games off their servers? can they handle that? Um, hmm. you know even even the way that we do gaming now, like destiny, we're playing games from their servers, but our consoles are doing a lot of the heavy lifting as well. so hmm. um, with cloud streaming, their their servers are taking care of all the processing so they're they're doing all the heavy lifting and if you try to scale that up to you know 500,000 people at one time i guarantee you you're going to run into some lag you know what about the release of a sure. game you know and you have like maybe 2 million people on their servers we have issues with that now just with game releases you know day of or night of whatever sure sure. it lags their servers and their servers aren't handling 100 percent of the processing so right um that's where i see like cloud gaming not really being very good but console streaming you you know you're not gonna ever run into like you know 100 people trying to stream games off of your one console it's just you and the console better not yeah
0: right my console can't handle that <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's that's why i feel like it's it's viable the console streaming is more viable than the the cloud streaming interesting um
0: that's interesting
1: but the thing is i don't want them to give up on the cloud streaming because the whole idea is for them to be able to stream 4k at 60 frames you know that's kind of the goal
0: i don't think they will i mean for me it's like kind of the same thing with stadia like i don't have an issue with stadia is like trying to do this thing through the cloud sure like that's not a problem for me at all it's it's the business model thing and i think the same thing with xcloud the technology i mean assuming that you know, coronavirus doesn't like kill us all or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I, feel like, I feel like the technology is just going to get better and better and better and better. And of yeah. course, 5G is rolling out more. And so apparently, that's just like, you know, the messiah of internet or something. I don't know. That's what it I can do. Every new thing. Like yeah. Every new thing that's <laughs>
1: like, you. This is going to revolutionize technology. Even,
0: yeah. It'll download the website before you even type in the URL. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. It's something stupid. But. Uh, <laughs> I have heard, you know, it's like supposed to be amazing. So I think as the technology gets better, we'll just see lower and lower latency as far as the cloud stuff goes. But yeah. I'm so right. I, I don't I don't see Xbox doing that. And I, I recently I saw like a headline, which I, I, I already assumed this, but Xbox basically just you know basically made it clear that they don't consider Nintendo and Sony the enemy. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. they consider Google and Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, like those are their competitors now because they are i just think they have a better grasp of the future of gaming than a nintendo or sony does well
1: um, i mean so. they're they're massive corporations um like sony is a big company but they're not the size of amazon or google um no. you know sony has a couple of game studios here and there but the thing is like google has gigantic massive headquarters in multiple places around the world and oh, they yeah. have their hands in in everything like software hardware just everything and so right and amazon is is a huge powerhouse you know they've got almost unlimited amounts of money
0: um, <laughs> yeah jeff Be- bezos himself
1: yes yeah. and and that's the thing like if he were to back any sort of project to amazon he he would, he could do it he could he has more money himself than any of these companies, so like I how absolutely do you think he see, affords
0: all those Twitch Prime subs. You know that's yeah. how it happens. I mean that's with the thing. Jeff Bezos' wallet.
1: He could he could probably step in there and buy the whole Xbox division, <laughs> you know, personally, <laughs> yeah, and and then start trying to integrate the streaming stuff. So I mean, there's well, I I understand I mean, why why they think those two companies are are you know massive competitors now in the gaming industry, even though they haven't been in it. So.
0: Well, apparently Amazon is coming out with their streaming service soon, mm-hmm. uh, like this year or something like that. It's it's, it's going to come out relatively soon. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Xbox, and, and Sony has got a streaming platform as well. Uh, I think it's called PlayStation Now. Yeah, um, They're not really advertising it as much. I don't know how far along it is, but it's, it's it just seems like, as as far as the public face of the company goes, it seems like Microsoft understands who... Like the future of gaming is moving in this direction. Yeah, and uh, yeah,
1: and I think that's why um, they've been so adamant about listening to consumer feedback and responding, because that's oh, something yeah. that's something that has saved them these last few years is just listening to Absolutely. the consumers and adapting and growing with the consumers and just being transparent about it. Because, like, this whole X-Cloud thing, like, it could have been one of those things where they just went under the radar for however many years and then just be like, hey, we released this uh, game streaming thing and, you know, that whole thing. But, like, thing is, they're they're saying, like, we don't – with that and then the Game Pass, they they said that we're not worried about our um, business – plan with with game, uh, game pass we don't plan on raising the price this isn't some way to get more people in and then we're going to inflate the price we're actually really happy with with where it's at and right you know we're going to be as transparent as possible and i think that's actually going to save them and help them in the next generation of consoles too um and that's I, why I they think... they announced the xbox so early too for the next generation because they're trying to be yeah. transparent about it
0: well, it's transparency, but also like tr- for me, there's no question that Sony has a better lineup of um, platform-specific games. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 or um, what's what, what am I thinking? Exclusives? of? Console exclusives. Yeah. Um. I. But as far as like bang for your buck yeah. um and like consumer friendly practices xbox in my opinion blows playstation absolutely water. and it's not not, not necessarily that like playstation is doing a bunch of bad things but xbox game pass yeah is such a compelling um it's such a compelling thing and the way that they've been doing like the way that they're crafting the future for their consoles because i think they came out with this a, a pretty controversial statement i want to say like last week or something like that where they uh, made it clear that for the first year or two, there aren't going to be many or any—I can't remember exactly—but there'll be very few, if any, uh, Xbox Series X console exclusives. Mm-hmm. Essentially, meaning that for all these games, you'll be able to play them on your Xbox One or on PC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are like, "Well, that sucks because you're not going to have games that are really pushing the envelope for the future." I don't know—I don't know that I necessarily agree with that for a few reasons. Yeah, but. At the same time, it's also an incredibly consumer-friendly thing absolutely. because you don't have to immediately drop six hundred dollars to be a part of all these games. But if you did want to, you could still you'd still have Xbox Game Pass there, yeah, uh, <laughs> along with all the backwards compatibility stuff they're offering. So the games that you already own, it just it's this very consumer-friendly business model, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, so, as
1: far I, as I, as far as like user experience and value um that's what xbox is trying to go for um with playstation they do have have really good exclusives their games are are
0: great amazing exclusives yeah they're incredible
1: but then like like i i don't know what playstation is doing i don't have any idea um but xbox is very open and very interactive with the community with their xbox community um and I, I think that's great. I think that's what they need to do. And that's also what a lot of game companies are trying to do now because they've seen it blow up in their faces, not being transparent. You know, Destiny mm. went through it. Um,
0: yeah, uh, for
1: sure. Anthem, Bioware went through it. There's just so many companies. that uh, Ubisoft, you know.
0: Blizzard is currently going through it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of we're going to try to be secretive and there's really no reason for it other than we're trying to be that company that's secretive and we want to surprise and, but you don't necessarily need to do that all the time. Um, sure. And so now destiny is very different. They're trying to communicate as much as possible and be very transparent. They're
0: very different. Yeah.
1: And, I don't think they're gonna ever come out with that situation again if they keep on this path of of like releasing something and it just like going completely off the rails because they're constantly trying to get feedback. So
0: yeah, yeah. Up not. But speaking of companies that are dealing with some issues, um,
1: yes, we've had some delays. Blizzard.
0: Oh well, Blizzard. Yes. uh, Blizzard is is. Having some trouble, so um, they're pulling a Bethesda. Catch the listeners up. I mean, kinda. um, It it, it's been crazy to see. So basically, Warcraft Three is this game that's like seventeen years old. I think it came out in two thousand three. Yeah, it's a real time strategy game. Uh, It's a beloved game. I mean, you know, World of Warcraft has been around for a long time. Warcraft Three was the last like real time strategy game that came out before World of Warcraft, if my memory serves um and and people have loved this game it's got a great story and all these things um and so they last year at blizzcon they came out and said we're making a remake of warcraft 3 you know and basically they made some promises about the game i I haven't been following this super closely i've been watching a lot of stuff from like layman gaming and things like that um but some of it has to do with like remastered Mm cutscenes. Um, an improved UI experience, user interface experience, um, basically just improvements across the board. The game came out, uh, I think last week. Yeah. And when the game came out, basically people found that uh, the cutscenes were made worse. Um, like I saw a side by side comparison of what they used to have and what they have now. And what they have now looks like. I don't, it's kind of weird. It's like they they took like a, a like a um, I can't remember what they call it in filming, but basically when you have like an over the shoulder shot of two people talking, yeah, right. So you can see one person's face and you can see the kind of the back of the other person's head and they're reacting and that kind of thing. Like I saw that cutscene done in the old days. It was like an over the shoulder shot where you could see both persons, both people's faces. Yeah. And then the new version was like like an isometric. Like you see them, you see them both from far away. <laughs> Right. It was just like weird. It was a weird decision that didn't really improve the quality of the cutscene, and a lot of people were upset about that. Apparently, the the user interface was not improved, and there's a lot of other things that were taken out of the original game that I, I think have apparently caused some issues, like custom games that have been that have been really popular fans have been removed, um, for different like copyright reasons or things like that. They, they didn't have to deal with, but now they do. Now they do. Or, and part of the problem also is if you had the original Warcraft three on your computer, if you got this game, it automatically downloaded the new version. So all that old stuff that you liked, or maybe you wanted to keep, you you don't have anymore. (laughs) Um, and then like, they were really, they were really reluctant to give out, um, uh, What's the word? Not reimbursements, but... Um, refunds. Refunds? Yeah. And then they started doing automated refunds, which seems like is, they basically just said it's super easy to get a refund now, uh, but they didn't really do a great job of announcing that. Uh, so talking about transparency. And then, um, what was I going to say? There was one other thing about the game that really like jumped out to me, but I can't remember what it is right now. Oh, oh. So game, the people were so mad. Like people who bought this game were so angry that they started review bombing it. And if you're, if you're new to oh, um, gaming or whatever, review bombing yeah. is basically where people trying to send a message, they, they put tons and tons and tons of negative reviews on something, even if it's a game they like. Like if they're trying to send a message to the developer about a business practice they don't like, sometimes they'll review bomb, review bomb a game. Um, Warcraft 3 Reforged was review bombed on uh, Metacritic. Uh, because people hated it and it was like dropping like incredibly low like fallout 76 yeah. i think has got like a 2.8 average user user score like this game right now is sitting at a point that's a you're um, messing
1: yeah you're messing with an audience that's like 17 years old um, at this point. Oh, yeah. Collectively. And
0: also, the, I mean, the internet will also dogpile on things, yeah. you know, if they find it funny or they want to, you know, destroy something. So they did that, but they wanted to make it the lowest... This is hilarious. They wanted to make it the lowest-rated game on Metacritic. <laughs> that that game was... That that title, that um, incredibly, uh, you know, that uh, auspicious title, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, su- uh, superlative. <laughs> uh, already belonged to a game called, like... Di- day one gary's something or other i don't know the game i've never even heard of yeah. but it was it was terrible but <laughs> so they did the opposite they like review bombed in a positive way that game <laughs> to get its metacritic score to go up so that then warcraft 3 reforge could have the lowest score on metacritic right now hacking um, the system is hilarious that is yeah, really yeah, funny um so it it has been blowing up and re- recently um Blizzard released uh, like a, a press statement and I, I want to be careful because I, I I don't want to assume the motives of blizzard or active you know I, I don't know anything about the developers or what their intentions were right. here or what was going on, but um I will say that the apology did not sound great um it wasn't really an apology it was more <laughs> this is nothing thing that reminded the office. <laughs> There's the um I think it's the episode where Todd Packer is trying to make a mess. Oh yeah, and he brings a cupcake. Yeah. Something like yeah, and I think he says something like Or someone says in an episode, I'm sorry that you were offended by what I said. Yeah. And then Kelly is like, no, that does not count. Like, it's a crime that you were offended. (laughs) Uh, She's like, Ryan does that to me all the time. And I I thought about that with his apology, because basically the apology says, we're sorry that some of you did not have the experience that you wanted to have. God. But that's not really the issue. The issue is that they, they didn't deliver a product that they said they were going to deliver. Yeah. Um, and so it's not, it's not, it, the pol- apology is phrased in such a way that it makes the, it sound like it's the user's fault, yeah. um, for having unrealistic expectations or whatever, but that's not the case. The game actually wasn't, the game that came out actually did not fit the expectations that the developers put up for the users. Um, and so it's been, it's been really sad to watch these like incredible game companies really struggle. I mean, Bioware, Falling
1: from Grace.
0: Yeah, well, it really at first it was Bethesda, Bethesda with Fallout that. 76 and then BioWare came out with Anthem and that really was rough. Of course BioWare was already struggling from Mass Effect Andromeda yeah. as well. Um and then now Blizzard has just been like the stuff happened with Blitzchung last year. Yeah. Um, and their response to that, and now Warcraft Three um, Reforged. Uh, some people are calling it Warcraft Three Refunded. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it feels like
1: funny. it feels like they're wanting to um, deliver uh, something that would have been very nostalgic for a lot of people, and to hopefully that would be in the good grace to get get people back. You know, um, yeah. And I think it was rushed out. Again, it was one of those things that was probably rushed out. Um, They had, uh, I hate to say it like this, but like a B team working on it, you know. Um, And, you know, they put together a team to work on it that wasn't necessarily ones that would work on a a brand new game or something that's super popular, making a lot of money. Um, And they probably just rushed out the door rather than say, is this actually ready? And should we release it? And that's what I I respect. I mean... I re- oh God!
0: Well, I was just say, I mean, we don't know that. Like, we we can't say for sure who was developing it or if it was rushed. Yeah, I, I think it makes more sense that it was developed by a capable team. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that they did that they they did rush it because they wanted. I, I think it makes more sense to me that they rushed it out yeah. to kind of get some more goodwill from the community after all the stuff that happened last year. Yeah. Um. But you know, it's it, we we don't know. Yeah. But, it, it does seem like they shipped a product that they should not have shipped. Yeah, that seems clear. Um,
1: and when I—that's uh, why I was worried about saying B team. Uh, when I say B team, I, I just mean like a, a a team that's not working on uh, a game that's making a bunch of money, or a team that's not necessarily working on a new IP or trying to develop something big. It's more like uh-huh. it's more like they put together a team of people that might not have been being used super heavily and just kind of you know, started funneling people to it to work on it. This is this is why I I really respect um so if you're in game development, like that's that's a really difficult job to be in. You need to be highly skilled. So there's no B there's no like B team or uh second string as far as game development is concerned. So don't please don't misinterpret what I say about that. Um and uh so this is what I really respect about Square, Square Enix. And how they handled Final Fantasy 7. They actually had a, a studio building it. And I think it was like a year or two in. Where they actually said this game is not where we want it to be. And they changed it. They pulled it from that studio. Got all the assets. And mm. started developing it from scratch. From a different mm. studio. Because mm. they know that this game. They've been wanting to remake this game for a long time. A really really long mm. time and even now they're not rushing it out the door like they they did a little bit of a of a hint towards it maybe a year or two ago they did a gameplay reveal they've done another like reveal so it, it definitely feels like we're gonna release it when we can release it. I think they've even delayed right. it right um yeah they do they've delayed it too because again this is a very Loved IP, um, and so right. they can't screw this up. If they screw this up, they're yeah. gonna be pissing off a lot of their fan base, <laughs> <you know? laughs>
0: right? And right. so,
1: and they're also delaying uh, Marvel's Avengers too because it's not where it needs yeah. to be.
0: Um,
1: and that can when lead do us- they,
0: when do they delay?
1: Um, I can't remember if it was when's the new this year or next year. So some of these are being delayed till later 2020. Yeah, so it's being delayed till later 2020. Well, it
0: looks like so several games got announced as delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyberpunk got delayed to what, October?
1: September October September. Uh, it, I think it was Final announced from March. Got
0: pushed back a month. Yeah. So Final Fantasy 7 was supposed to come out in On March Mm third, and now it's April tenth.
1: Yeah, which I'm kind of wondering if they're going to delay again. I
0: I I doubt it. I I doubt that they would delay for a month and then announce another delay. I I feel like if they were going to delay it, see, to me, it's like a month means that you want to polish some stuff. Like
1: yes, I I think well, I think (laughs) as far as being in the game side, I think if you're going to do polish you probably need two to three months to polish. Um, and that's if if nothing big pops up. So I'm kind of wondering if this is like, we don't want to release in the tam- same time frame as some other games. Maybe we'll, we'll delay and that'll give us time to maybe do something. But I'm kind of wondering because, I don't know. I, I think they could. They could delay it.
0: Um, I I... I'm not saying it's not possible, and you are—you you definitely have more experience in game development than I do, yeah. which I have zero. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I would just be really shocked if they announced a delay for a month yeah. and then came back and delayed again. Yeah. Um, it seems to me like if you're if you're going to ask for a delay and you know that you have more than a month's worth of work to do, you would just do that. Especially with how long they've been wanting to put this sure. thing out there. But I mean, I could be wrong. I, yeah. I don't know, but. It's yeah, well I'm it's all
1: projection because they they delayed it like earlier in January and so that still that gave them from 3 months to 4 months but within that time yeah, a lot true. of a lot of things could pop up. So but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um you know, all yeah. the Ubisoft stuff, they've delayed everything kind of indefinitely until they get breakpoint in the right place, which they they put all their eggs in that game and it flopped. And again, it was another one of those games that just they didn't they rushed it out. Well, and their it was rushed out. their
0: entire strategy is changing because they basically this is this is something cool. I, yeah. I respect Ubisoft for this because they they restructured. Yeah, and it seems like they've said like we're not gonna just paint this in like PR speech. Yeah, like this is a problem. We made all of our games too similar. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's true. I think it's great for them to recognize that. And then, like you said, they've re, they've done some big restructuring with their development and their yeah. development teams and their leads, to try and emphasize why would I play Assassin's Creed and Ghost Recon and um what's what's that one with the cell phone hacking watchdogs. Um, Watch Dogs Watch Dogs yeah. like if they're all basically the same thing in different skins, yeah. why would I play a different one? And yeah. I'm glad that they. They seem to understand that you can't just make all those the same game mm-hmm. uh, or same type of game. And it seems like they're really trying to embrace the spirit of those games more and plus yeah. those out. So that's cool. Yeah, I really
1: like that they just came out and said it that we messed up. We we made some yeah. bad calls and this is where yeah. we're at. So we need to change things up. And so the way that they're restructuring. Yeah, I the heck out of that. Yeah. Like that. That's a great move. And they, they said it to their investors. It's like we're not going to try yeah. to BS you. This is what happened. This is the steps we want to take. Um, like, don't expect the profits you're expecting, um, because we need right. to make changes to make sh- to protect our future, um, which you definitely don't see that in game development very much. And so no, instead of,
0: I, I think that they, I think that they reduce their projected earnings by like. Seven hundred million a lot. dollars like that? A lot, yeah. It was a lot. I mean, they basically said like we're not gonna make what we projected. Yeah, uh, but here's what we're doing to fix it. Yeah. And it I mean, it sounds like a good plan. Yeah, so. for sure. Um cool. so
1: yeah, instead of one person making all the creative calls for all these different games of studios, it's it now it's being you know, there are six different people who are taking over these different franchises, so one for each franchise, and those right. guys are going to have creative control over those franchises rather than just one person, because that's what happens when you have one person making those calls. You don't have the do you know? diversity and the create creativity. <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool <laughs> no, that they're I doing know. that. Um, I'm really... For sure. I, there are a lot of people who are pretty divided in the the delay of Cyberpunk. Um, uh I am fine with them delaying it. I can wait. You know, it's not the end of the world if I don't play it 5 months early. It's it's Sure. It's um it's, it's I want to play the game. I'm really interested in the game, but the thing is like if they're going to make it better then shoot. I'm I don't I'm not going to fuss about that.
0: No, yeah, I, I don't I don't get the argument against it. I mean, I can understand being impatient, but that's yeah. the only thing I can figure. Some people may have taken off work yeah um ahead of time and and i i can see how that that's annoying but i would also just advise you like don't take off work for a game that just came out anyway yeah because there's <laughs> usually bugs and issues with the game yeah you for real. Play then and so like take off a day the next week yeah like something like that if anything but um to me it just says like and, and I, i've never played a cd project red game um but Everything I know about them is their uh the reputation is that they make high quality gaming experiences They're the last it one seem, it just doesn't seem like they would release something. That was it, they wouldn't release it if it was in bad shape, yep. and they were like, "Hey, we need a few." The, the, I think they've come out and said the game is playable from beginning to end, yeah, but it needs polish, yeah. And we're gonna take the time to do that, so
1: yeah, it is. It's it, they can release it right now, but it's gonna have some some bugs, not it's like have issues, not game breaking bugs, but ones that are noticeable, and so they want to fix it, and so that's why they're An- delaying. Anything
0: that messes with Keanu, I don't, I don't <laughs> think I fix that.
1: Yeah, it might Maybe, be in um, his contract. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> you make the game breathtaking, yeah, uh, or don't release it.
1: So I'm, um, I'm, I'm excited to see a lot of these games being delayed. Um, not because I want them delayed, but because it means that hopefully they're taking their time, and we're going to release better. We're going to start playing some better quality games rather than just whatever is pushed out there because that's not working. It's not working for companies. It's not working for game devs or publishers. So
0: right. <laughs> does, does it seem like um, I'm going to ask? this question does it seem like more games have come out delayed uh like recently or like delays have been announced recently oh yeah. Abs- we're used to experiencing yeah it?
1: absolutely because it's i think it's a direct result of what's been happening the last couple of years and it's actually that has been actually causing studios to crash and burn so um right so i think and that's a big waste of money for for anybody so it's it's messing with employment rates. It's, it's screwing people over. It's messing with the bottom line for a lot of investors. Um, yeah. The executives they get rich no matter what, but like everybody else are are starting to get screwed, and they're starting to see that. So I think there's a lot bigger of a push to say we can put a release date out there, but we need to be ready to delay it if if we have to because. It's not working, you know, releasing a game, so, dealing with the PR nightmare, and then try to patch and overworking your devs, and then just, like, having right. employee turnovers because people quit, or some people aren't, aren't don't want to work for you anymore, and then just, like, this huge PR nightmare again, and so there's this really bad cycle yeah. that's going on, and I'm, I'm really hoping we're at the end of that era.
0: And this, this could be me being a bit of a fanboy, but yeah. the first... Like, big game that I feel like a, a studio came out and said, we're going to delay this for a bit longer. Um, I, I feel like in some ways it started this trend was Bungie.
1: Yeah, we saw that with... Last um, year with
0: Shadowkeep. Yeah. They, they pushed Shadowkeep back a month. This was after... Uh, they the extra time. Mm-hmm and not just it was after the split with Activision yeah. um but and not just not just that Bungie did it but the way the community responded like i really saw very few negative responses to that yeah and I, and i can't help but wonder if people like cd project red or square enix saw that mm-hmm. and saw and thought if we delay this stuff it won't it won't mean that people won't play our game anymore yeah. it will mean hopefully it will mean that people see this as and take this as an act of good faith yeah. and that we're trying to make the best game we can and combined with all the negative stuff that's happened with like fall at 76 yeah. and Anthem and all those things. Like hopefully our fans will be able to see that we're trying to make great games mm-hmm. and it'll be a positive experience like it was with Bungie and we can put out a game that really works. Yeah, we, so, when you delay... I'd be, I'd be curious how much of that was involved in the uh, changing of perception and practice.
1: Yeah, when you delay, the people that you piss off are the the investors or the ones that are going to make a, a ton of money off of it. And really, sure. you're not going to have to deal with the PR nightmare for doing that. But if you release a game that's in a crappy shape and unfinished and buggy, right. you're going to have months and months of PR nightmare. Not, not only that, but you're going to be crunching people like crazy there's a huge financial uh, downside to that yeah. because you have True. now you're paying overtime to do bug fixes and try to play catch up with content and all that sort of stuff so yeah. um i think it's the way to go like you know piss off your investors for a little bit but at least you're going to end up with a consumer base that is going to want to buy your next game and going to want to support you as a right. as a studio
0: right. And so and Yeah they'll be happier. I mean I mean even the investors will be happier in the long run because they'll they'll have a product that's selling well and yeah and has a you know a good community that's willing to put money and time into that. So Yeah,
1: that's that's how you build a consumer base. So yeah.
0: yeah okay so well i i did want to jump into spider-man but we're at an hour and 11 so i actually need to call it an evening uh, uh but,
1: quick tell yeah. me your thoughts on spider-man just real quick so gameplay um story which I, I probably know how that's gonna go um maybe ability systems or um i guess adaptability of of combat and that sort of stuff just give me a quick like okay. quick overview
0: quick quick overview yeah um well Te- technically and graphically, I think it works really well. Yeah, it's like a really pretty game. Um, the story um, so far feels kind of just like a low stakes Spider-Man story. Yeah. Um, which is not. It doesn't have to be necessarily like high stakes, but there was a situ- There was a there was a scene I got to where I thought I thought Peter Parker died. Oh. And yeah. At one point, I was like, "Whoa!" I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but another part of me thought, like, wow, that's really risky, and I I did not see that coming. And this could be a really great storytelling element, yeah. like introducing Miles Morales as Spider-Man and you take over. I really didn't see that coming, and that could be really interesting. And then like five seconds later, like Peter's fine, and you're just back to being Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, and and that's fine. Like I, I did, I didn't want Peter Parker to die. He's, he's one of my favorite comic characters of all time. Yeah, um, Miles Morales is also a great character, so I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't mind playing as him, but um i just to me it seems like a fairly predictable sure. spider-man story like there i really haven't seen anything that's been all that surprising or or you know sure. all that interesting beyond that it's it's a good story it's decent yeah. but it's not like whoa i didn't see that coming. right um, it's like early
1: game feel early marvel early cinematic marvel kind of story
0: yeah. yeah yeah it feels very much like it fits in those spider-man movies yeah. you know uh like it uh, with Toby Maguire Like it just mm-hmm. That feels Feels that way Yeah um, As far as game feel goes Or, or like the different systems um, I think it feels good I don't think it feels amazing Okay um, Like I've heard some people say like It makes you feel like Spider-Man And I've been watching a lot of video game Dunkey, um And he's, he's a YouTuber And um, he really criticizes people who say It makes you feel like Spider-Man he's <laughs> like, I think he wants to get it like a more descriptive thing Yeah Um, And it's like, I think the web slinging is cool and the combat is pretty good, but it doesn't flow quite like I want it to. Okay. There are some times when I I see the way he interacts with geometry or uh, an enemy will get like a cheap shot on me that just seems like I'm not fighting a challenging enemy, I'm fighting the system, like the game mechanics more. Interesting. Um, I, I think in some ways it's more like, I feel it more when I'm web slinging and... I like, and I want to combine that with, with running on walls or something like that. It's like sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes it feels like perfectly, like it perfectly flows. Yeah. And I will say like the game gives you a a ton of different moves that you can do to really enhance your ability to, to traverse through the city. Yeah. And I like that. And there are times when I'm like, I know exactly what move to do here to go exactly where I want to go. Yeah. But there are also times when, like, I just want to jump from this spot on this roof to this spot. Yeah. And that, for some reason, is really hard. <laughs> like, it, like it, it, like I can't quite get exactly where I want it to go yeah. in, like, a short distance. And I'm sure it's just because that's a really hard system to make. It's hard to make these big flowing systems where you can go through the entire city and also do these, like, fine, uh, detailed movements. Yeah. But, um without without hitches, but I, I've noticed that more, and there's just been times I'm like, okay, I just want to walk over there. Like, why can't you just like step on top of this thing? Yeah I, I, And if I hold down the run button, then you're gonna vault way over it, and I don't want to do that. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so it it feels good. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like amazing to me. kind okay. it feels good. <clears throat> Excuse me,
1: it's really funny because like right, so. the way I feel about it now, like replaying it, I feel like i everything feels a lot more fluid than my first playthrough. oh interesting um so i feel like i can control him perfectly like i can sling and i can jump and i can get to where i want i can flow right into combat and start you know doing combos and connecting attacks and stuff like that um going right into like different abilities and then back into melees and jumps and different things um Right. And so I I feel a lot f- more fluid now than I did before, um which is really okay. really kind of interesting. I don't know if just like my brain is interesting. has grown and matured since I first played it because I've I played a lot of different kinds of games, um a lot more varied yeah. types of games too since I first played it. Um uh, but also I played through the entire game and you know I did get better as I played the game, but I didn't really feel very sure. fluid until maybe like the last 20 or 15% of the game because um, I started mm. dialing in like the web slinging and the combat movements. Cause I don't know. There were a couple times where I was, just, I felt like that where I was like, this guy got a hit on me. I don't know how he did, um, but you can literally sit there and dodge and dodge and dodge and dodge and dodge and, dodge and just jump around and dodge right. and keep dodging. Right. Um, and so I got to a point where I was doing that mostly just to figure out when I could attack. So I would, dodge most of the time sure. and then attack and then it started balancing out where i was attacking when i needed to and actually dodging when i was supposed to dodge um yeah so i kind of yeah. like i guess i worked backwards in the combat system um but yeah it's it's really interesting that you're you're having that experience i guess i kind of did too when i first started playing it um yeah but uh, yeah it's really really funny that that's uh that's kind of where you're what you're experiencing. Um, and I'm still
0: enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say like, there's been a few of those moments where it, it detracts from my experience somewhat, yeah, of but it's course. still, I mean, it's still a great game. Yeah. You know? and it, I mean, you, I, I hate to say it, you do feel like Spider-Man yeah. uh, <laughs> in some ways. Like the web slinging, you know, it does feel good. Yeah. And, um, a lot of the combat is is very fluid, but there's just been little things here and there that kind of detract from yeah. the experience somewhat. But and I'm, still, it's it's a great it's a good experience. And I'm sure it doesn't
1: help coming right off the heels of God of War to like one of the best games of the decade, yeah. maybe of ever. Yeah. And so.
0: It's yeah, I mean, every everything flows so well in that game. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and I try not to compare them too much to each other because they're all they're vastly different yeah, games. Yeah, absolutely. As well. uh, but, but yeah. so So, cool that's my initial thoughts but i'll be i'll be playing more and we'll we'll have a part two conversation on that yeah for
1: sure for sure well um everybody uh we appreciate you guys listening Uh, i know this one was kind of a little more varied and uh but hopefully um hopefully you guys can start looking to some of this stuff too and and uh maybe responding to us like what do you guys feel about having these games delayed do you were you really upset about that um how do you feel about um cloud gaming? Do you think that's the future or do you think it might be console gaming? Um do you got any any questions you might want to ask?
0: Not really. I mean, I I I appreciate listener feedback and interaction though. So if you have just comments or questions or whatever you, yeah, I mean, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us. Let us know uh, if there are games that we should be playing, maybe that we're not, or games we should check out or, or what you guys are actually playing right now. I mean, right now we're kind of in a interesting season of of video games. Um, True. We're waiting on a lot of games to come out, but there's still a lot of really good stuff out there. So um, yeah, hit us up on uh, the EG podcast on Twitter and uh, you can find me
0: at Nick J. Wells on Twitter. Yeah, and you can find me at Skitch256 on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Yeah,
1: and we're also on Instagram. Same uh, same handle for um, the podcast, the EG Podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh talk to us and we'd love to have a conversation with you and um yeah thank you guys for listening unless you're
0: a jerk in that case we don't want to have a conversation with you yeah we'll just just be clear
1: we'll we'll just respond in gifs or gifs depending on who you are gifs <laughs> yeah so thank you guys for listening and um we hope you yeah, guys thanks. have a have a good whenever you guys are listening to this so i'm gonna say good night but uh a good period of time yeah but good night <laughs> yeah see All right, y'all bye